You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. We will sing on a little while longer. Sing on just a little while longer. Sing on just a little while longer. Greetings, dudes and ladies, and welcome to a special episode of Twig, where we are doing a spoiler cast of yeah. Detroit Become Human. I'm going to start this episode by saying this: there are spoilers ahead. Yes. Be aware. It's called um, a spoiler cast for a reason. Yes. Uh, are we agreeing right now that anything, like we have obviously had two or three very different yes. plays Anything we tell each other, it's not a spoiler. We can't get mad because right. we've both played it. I'm we, fine with that. We understand how the game works. I also am probably going to like relate the game back to Until Dawn, Life is Strange. And there's a couple other games where your choices matter. And I might mention those. So if you're super interested in those, um, sorry. <laughs> they've, they've all been around for they've a been, while now. They've all been out for a while. Um, get with the program. So this podcast will contain major plot points, character arcs, and stories all sorts of other goofy stuff that goes along with Detroit Become Human. So if you care about that stuff, you haven't played it, you want to, this is your final warning. Yeah. Get out now while you still can. Because because we're getting into it. Do not spoil it for yourself if you want to play the game. Yeah, if because, you're debating oh like, God. maybe I'll give it a go, just no, pause, stop it's, the podcast right now, yeah. go play it, come back when you're done, and we'll delve into this conversation. Hell yeah. Because I want to get more people's perspectives and points of view on it too. Yeah. So b- make that happen. We'll still be here when you come back. Even if it's like a year from now, because I will never stop loving this game. Oh, God, it's <laughs> so good. Spoiler alert. We so, really like the game. So delving right into it, where on earth should we even start? Maybe we should start with a basic explanation of how our games went. Like a, a very vague, like, okay, my my. So since you've had yeah. multiple plays, I'll give you the general gist and overview of how how I went about mine. Yeah. So Detroit Become Human, you play three main characters, Kara, Marcus, and Connor. Yeah. And we started with Connor dealing with like all the stuff that you saw in the demo. And I played Connor as brutally honest, cold machine, Mm -hmm. essentially, uh, for at least a while until like very, very late game did he change. And that was only because I felt he needed to. But... (laughs) I, he actually didn't tell a lie in the playthrough that I went through. That was just my thing for him is he's incredibly honest and straightforward. Yeah. Because he doesn't understand that he shouldn't be. <laughs> that, that was my mentality. So yeah. I played him that way. Kara was more of a um, protect the girl at all costs. Yep. And otherwise, <clears throat> I was trying to follow the three laws of robotics of, you know, do, you're not allowed to harm a human mm-hmm. and you can't through action or inaction let harm come to a human. Uh, you have to follow the orders of humans unless that should conflict with the first laws. So I was playing her as a very like, we're not going to do anything illegal. We're not going to do anything harmful. We're just going to protect and try and make a good outcome for yeah. for things. And then Marcus, uh, I my God, I love his storyline. Oh I played God. him as a straight pacifist because of um, his human 
that he was with at the beginning of the game. Oh, Carl. Carl, the my best, favorite human. The best character in the whole God's game. God's gift to mankind. <laughs> Carl, I love him. Yeah, because he was so good. He, Carl was a very genuine person, which is great. I shouldn't say was. So how how did uh, my, all three of my plays, uh, all three of the characters on my first playthrough, I got killed. So I was oh, all you, three of them. You lost all of them? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I OK, so let me let me start with the Connor arc. Yes. Let's actually let's back and forth on our Connor arc really quick. Um <laughs> I love when that you texted me and you were like, Connor is a sweet baby darling. And if anything happens to him, I'm out. Because the first maybe, depending on how long you take, maybe 20 minutes of the game is you as Connor. And it, I immediately was like, I love him. I know that he's like a little. I didn't little know how to feel about anti-social him. police boy, but I love him a lot. And I feel like I'm going to corrupt him and he's going to be fine. He's my <laughs> sweet baby angel. And if anything bad happens to him, I'm out. <laughs> See, he looked very much to me like the FBI agent from Heavy Rain. I didn't like... Only in hindsight, yeah. when I went and actually did like a side by side comparison, I was like, OK, it's really just like that little cleft chin that they have in common. And otherwise, <laughs> not so much. And, you know, being official like government agents type deal yeah. or um, law enforcement, basically. Yeah. So but oh, my God, did I love his character? Oh, God, I was, so much. He's so tactical and he's just he's so good. Mm -hmm. But I took my sweet time in that interrogate or not the interrogation in the um, the initial opening scene where the, the hostage situation. Yeah. And I ended up I got the same ending that I did with my demo playthrough, which was that same exact scenario where he's Connor survives. But the android that was holding the girl hostage got shot, yeah. sniped. The girl was fine. So oh. girl's fine. Uh, see, and in my mind, it was like, OK, they're going to shoot him and they're going to reprogram him. Oh. Is like I wasn't too concerned about his life because I think I played a little more recklessly than I should have given the whole android thing and like what is mortality to an android. Yeah, it's brought me into a lot of philosophical th like mind thought processes that mm -hmm. uh, some of them I like and some of them I don't like where it took me. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. So but and then Connor, the interrogation scene, I kept the dude way too chill. Because you're supposed to, you know, raise the stress level to a peak point yep. and to it, get him to confess. And it does tell you exactly what the peak it is. It does. It's so hard to know what's going to do what. Yeah, I was like, I was, I Connor was too chill is the problem. And yeah. it, I couldn't get anything out of him. I eventually just like went in, went into his mind, got the footage. And then he gets all fucked and then, he shoots Oh my you. God, he starts hitting his head off the table. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, stop that. And then of course, Connor gets boom, one between the eyes. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, No. But then he came back as yeah. Connor version two. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's good at least. Yeah. Um, Little little strange, but it hey. It makes sense knowing that the Connor line of him is specifically designed to solve the android becoming deviant case. And until that's over... He has to be there. So it kind of makes sense once like once you finish the game and you're like, oh, it makes sense that they would have to keep making him because and like putting all his memories in because just continuing to like use a different Android or just give it off to humans. They can't fucking solve this, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> it had almost a uh, surrogates sort of feel after that moment because I was like, OK, well, do I am I really going to be that concerned if Connor dies again? Like they're yeah. just going to bring him They are. Uh, they have the ability to just bring him back, essentially. Yeah. So I, I didn't really pull me out of the experience. It just made me question a lot of things. Mm -hmm. 
And the very end, when everything's going on with the Jericho yeah. and Connor's there, I he broke his program. I broke his programming. Yes. So he decided to join sides with the androids. And then he was trying to, oh, my God, there was that that moment when he's in the room that has the thousands of androids that were there um, yes. at the manufacturing plant. And you're trying to get everything, like get them all activated and all that other fun crap. And then, of course, they show up. Another version of him shows up with Hank and uses that as the collateral for like, hey, don't do this or I'm killing your human friend. And I'm like, well, shit, I, I can't let a human come to harm. And so that drove a lot of my decisions. Yeah. I don't know if you ended up experiencing that same point, but yes. the first time and the second time. Yes. Yeah. And it gets to that point where he's about to take you out and then you switch places. You um, yeah, switch yourself to him, to the other Connor. I don't know if you did that, but what? Oh, oh, God. In, okay. In so. mine, they just fist fighted and I won. And then no. Hank was like, hey, okay, stop. I'm going to shoot one of you. I'm going to ask some questions. Oh, okay. Oh, God. We what? have a vast difference then. So what we were the in fuck? there. We're in there, right? And um, Connor, we'll call him Connor 2, even yeah. though my version, mine was version 2. So he, Machine Connor comes out of nowhere. He's holding Hank. He's like, I will kill Hank. You can't, like, you, you can't do this. We're made to obey humans. You're, you've gone deviant. I need to take you in. And my Connor's like bluffed and was like, I don't care about that human. This needs to happen. Screw off. Yeah. And then Connor got shot. And then Hank got shot. Oh, my God. So did Hank survive your playthroughs? Uh, the second time, yes. The first time, questionable. Okay, I'll mention so that later. Hank got shot. And... Connor goes over and he's like, no, Hank, no. And of course, Connor also gets shot a couple times. Yeah. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Connor got shot a couple of times. Hank gets shot. And other Connor, Machine Connor, comes over and is about to off my version of Connor. And I have a couple of options. I can either like try and run away and book it and turn on all the androids and make them all deviants. Mm -hmm. Or I can like try and just escape and get to Hank or... I could reach out and grab the hand of uh, Android Connor, yep. which I did, and it transferred their consciousness between the two. So now the one that was shot, wounded, and injured was Machine Connor, and I was the one holding the gun. What the fuck? Went over, turned all the androids deviant, killed other Connor, and then Hank was like lying there dying, and Connor's like, I'm going to get you help, I'm going to get you help, and Hank was like, no, I'm going to see my son again. Let me be. And... Oh, God, that's so fucking sad. <laughs> It was. <laughs> Mr. I was Krabs. like, no, Hank. Oh, my God. And, oh, wow. So that's, that was, and then, of course, I got to the, the real, like, very end of the game. Yeah. Where he realized that they had, like, a back door installed in him. Yes. And he's in that headspace where he's got to try and get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I wasn't able to find my exit in time, so I, I'm guessing they just pulled him back. So yeah. that's um, that's how my Connor line ended. What's weird about the exit? Okay, what I noticed the first, the well, my second time when Connor actually survived. Um, the exit was when you finished the conversation with Amanda, straight ahead. Oh, good. It's you can't see it. I just was like, I I'm gonna go straight. I'm going with my gut. I'm going straight ahead, and it was just there. And then I kind of saw the blue light of it. Because I had noticed it every other time I was in that mind palace thing. Yep. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. But when um, earlier, kind of in the middle of the game, 
Kamsky, the creator of all the androids, says, I leave an, an emergency exit in all my programs. I was like, that's what it is. It's got to be the emergency exit, the blue glowy thing. So it's like straight ahead. But you'll and then you'll see uh. the blue glowy. So my first Connor was I decided really early on that he was like he was a nice boy. He reminded me a lot of a few of my friends who are like kind of socially awkward. People who don't know how to do human interaction. Me. And I was like, I must protect him. <laughs> and I very slowly did my best over the course of the game. Because with him, it took so long to get him to the point where he would break and become deviant. Yeah. Obviously, there's like it's like scripted to happen towards the end. Um, but I would always choose the options that would make his instability go up. And he would save Hank at every opportunity. He would agree with Hank at every opportunity. He would be nice to him and like be funny with him. And we ended up having a great friendship with Hank, which was really good. Um, and at the end, when we are in cyber life and I'm about to activate all of the androids and turn them all deviant, which apparently was millions of them, millions. That's what one of the newscasts says at the after one of the endings. Millions of androids stormed Detroit. Anyway, so we're there and the fake Connor, Connor 2 comes and he's like, I'm going to fucking shoot Hank. And you have the three, like, it's just an argument. And I was like, just fucking stop. <laughs> That's my friend. And he was like, I'm going to do it. And your options are touch the android next to you and turn him. And I was like, that's not, the timing doesn't add up on that. That's not going to work. Or the circle option was a word. I had no idea what it meant, but I was like, it's got to be better than the this other option that I know the timing isn't going to work. I'm going to go with this random option where I like push Hank out of the way, fight the gun. We I fist fight Connor too. And then we are like, Side by side, and Hank picks up a gun or has his gun, I'm not sure. And he's like, okay, fucking stop. I don't know which one of you is real because you're completely identical. And then the real Connor is like, ask us a question, something only the real Connor would know. Hank's like, where did we first meet? And Connor, too, was like, we met at this place, and here was the case, and here was the guy's name and blah 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 very analytical and then hank's like okay and he points the gun at real connor me and he was like what's my son's name and in my first playthrough i never learned that so it was probably an option one of the four options of names and i don't know i didn't know what it was i made a guess i guessed wrong he shot me i died and then the other connor immediately was like well good fucking job moron and he walked away and hank was just like oh god what have i done and then so because my connor died then the androids never showed up to back up marcus in his peaceful protest attempt and everything ended really badly it was really good oh boy it was very like and okay i'm gonna get into marcus a little tiny bit in the scene immediately after connor died I didn't even have time to react because the scene immediately after Marcus also died. So I had no time to recover. I was like, this boy, I've been yeah. trying to protect this character that I've been loving on for 15 st almost straight hours. 
just died in front of me because I made a bad choice. And now I have to deal with this whole other thing. It was so sad. I was so upset. So that, that and that was the first mm, playthrough. The yeah. second one went almost exactly the same, but I knew the son's name. So I just chose the right one. He shot the other Connor. We turned the androids deviant. We got the fuck out of there. My friendship with Hank was great. Damn. It was very. <laughs> I almost, uh, at least Hank survived. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad for him, but also he was like so peaceful about it. Yeah. So. Uh, interesting thing about that. I didn't know this um, until I looked it up afterwards in my second playthrough where obviously we both survived everything and the android revolution went great, kind of. And our friendship was really high. If your friendship with Hank as Connor is really high, <laughs> Hank doesn't kill himself at the end of the game. If if your friendship is anything less than super high, he just like kills himself because he's old and he doesn't feel like he's good at his job anymore and he wants to see his son and he's done with life. But if your friendship with him is really strong, at the end, after the credits roll, it just shows him and Connor in front of that... Um, cheeseburger chicken place that he went to yeah and you just hug and it's such a moment and i actually cried oh man so it was really intense and i was like what was oh. that and i looked it up and it was like yeah apparently he just fucking <laughs> kills himself it was really wow. really rough all right then i don't know if you see it because i didn't see it my first playthrough but then connor was dead so maybe that's why maybe uh i feel like they would have still had that because at that point it's like yeah Mm-hmm. Also, not only is his son gone, but the android that he had grown accustomed to and grown to like is gone. Yeah. Uh, so I guess hop from there over to Marcus because he most closely ties into Connor's line, oh, I yeah. think. Um, so like I said, I had played Marcus very now from the very beginning of the game when he's hanging out with Carl. Yeah. And Carl is just the nicest human being I've ever met. He gives me hope in humanity. Oh, yeah. Um. Because he's very, he acknowledges that Marcus is an android, but doesn't care. He, Still treats him like his own being. He wants, he even tells Marcus, because Carl's an old guy, in case you don't know. He wants Marcus to become his own person. He's like, I'm not going to be around to protect you. You have to figure out who you are. You have to and decide I, for yourself. At the beginning, I wanted to be like, Carl, honey, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. And so it got to that point. We came home from that dinner party or mm-hmm. whatever it was and the lights on in the studio. And I'm like, I already know this is his junkie son trying to yeah. like steal money or something. Yeah. So we phoned the police. And of course, it says, take Carl to the living room. And I'm like, OK, not the studio where the crazy bitch is at. We're going to go to the living room. But I tried walking around for like 10 minutes and I couldn't find anywhere else to go. And I'm like, I don't want to walk in there because I know how this is going to end. It, I can said, already feel it ending. It said like, take him to the living room. Yeah. I always said take him to the studio or like he, that he wants to go to the studio, but you can go in without him. And I've never done it that way. So I don't know what happens. See, that's probably what I should have done. I took him into the studio, of course. Yeah. And he has his altercation with his son it's super explaining sad. to <laughs> his son that, you know, I'm not just here for you to, you know, get money out of his son tries to pull the whole like. It has nothing to do with me being a junkie and a loser. It has to do with like you like this robot more than you like me. And as as calm and collected as Carl is for most of that altercation. And, you know, he gave Marcus explicit instructions not to harm his son. Yeah. So I didn't. Uh, I was tempting to because he kept getting pushed around. But I'm like, 
ultimately I'm here to serve Carl and do whatever he wants me to do. And until yeah. he passes, I'm not making my own decisions on this. So I, I was pacifist and Marcus kept getting pushed around, knocked over. And of course all that stress sends Carl into a heart attack. And so Carl dies on the floor. The police show up just in time for Marcus to be crying over him. And for whatever reason, despite the fact that Marcus was the one that placed the call and said, this is Marcus model number, whatever his model yep. number was. I'm phoning in because someone's in like in the studio and we think there might be a break in. And the fact that Carl lives there. So these are the two people that are supposed to be in this home. The third party who is not listed on like supposed to be there. Yeah, and he's like, in he goes, the android did it. Yeah. And, and that uh, was it. That was enough for them to shoot him. The son is in like major DTs. Oh, he, yeah. So he, you can, even though he's a video game, you can see that he's not well. I called bullshit on that altogether because you. Oh, no. I mean. You've got to, like, you've got to figure that the police probably know Carl pretty well or he knows them. See, that's the, like, the thing about android racism and regular racism is, like, that's just what happens. Like, that's, that, not to androids, but that's yeah. what happens in real life. Like, no, there, I, there I hate been, to feel that way or to, it, to, to know that that's a thing. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be. Like but it was still really, like, yeah. that could have been any crazy drugged out person that's just like the android did it and they're like okay yeah clearly i believe you because it's an android this can't be terminator all over again bang and then literally the next scene with marcus is him becoming the terminator oh <laughs> my god so the, terminator. the whole junkyard scene oh was god. amazing it gives me the creeps he's like torn apart it. he needs two new legs an eyeball an eye a bio uh, audio uh, sensor the, the and the, the thing yeah the pump so you have to go through and I was I continued trying to play. Did you play him as a pacifist through the through the junkyard? And I say as a pacifist through the junkyard as there were several androids that you come across that are in pieces that you and could they're... take the parts from. Yeah. But they're like, please don't kill me, please. I'm, I want to stay alive. And you can either choose to take the part you need from them or continue looking and hope to God you find the part oh, you need. I didn't come across that. I, I, could, I did come across one android who was like, please kill me. I want to die. So I did. Yep, but same. Because he asked me to, but I, I, every piece that I took from somebody, they were dead. Okay, yeah, I ended up doing that, but I've, I came across a few people or a few androids that were, yeah, uh, one that had the core <clears throat> pump that I needed, and she was like, "Please don't kill me, I want to make it out of here," and I was like, "All right, I'll let you be," and then I found another one on my way around. Yeah, interestingly about the junkyard, um, I didn't see it either time because I was just like, "I'm over this. I don't need to hundred percent this. I'm out." Um, there is, you know how in the original Kara video from years ago, yeah, he's like sing something in Japanese at like, he's like going through her functions and he's like, say something in German, say something in French, sing something in Japanese. And she sings a song. Yep. You don't have to remember it, but it happens. No, I do remember it. Um, I've, I've watched Kara many times. Um, you can find an Android that's the same model as her, an AX400 singing kind of in a lower tone because she's probably broken singing the song from that video in a really low tone. It's the same Ooh. Japanese song. And I was like, that is so fucking cool. Like we all know that the Kara video is what started all of this, but it's really oh, cool yeah. that they're aware that like, that's why I'm playing the game. <laughs> yep. So that was cool. I didn't, I haven't come across that yet, but another neat little Easter egg yeah. in, um, with the Marcus storyline when you make it to Jericho yeah. for the, I think it's the first time you're going around meeting everyone. Um, there is one Android who is humming off in the background just a little while longer, which is a yes. trailer that they released, which yes. was oh, I'm forgetting his name. Luther. Luther. Thank you. Yes. Uh, it was Luther was singing it in the trailer yep. 
and which is beautiful, by the way. It's so it's not only a good song, but really it, well performed. It, it oh my god, I can't even. Uh, I'll explain more when I get to the end of my Marcus right timeline. But it, it's fucking song is so good. So that there was that Easter so egg. The, yeah. So the junkyard, it was horrible and gross, and everything looked like it was covered in poop. And of course, I I led my Marcus to be as much of a pacifist as possible with his peaceful demonstrations. He didn't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wanted to let everyone know. Like you get to the point where you break into the build the news building and you go ahead and broadcast. Yeah. And Whoa. during his broadcast, I I just made him. You know, it was all about wanting equality for androids, yeah. recognizing them as people, letting them live their lives, ending yeah. slavery, like all that kind of like general the, stuff. So I should have known I was going to get shot, but. <laughs> anytime you try and preach peace everyone it's, gets terrified yeah. they're like uh no we can't have equal rights yeah so then it's it's that's getting really political but on a political standpoint marcus was very politically active but pacifist mm-hmm. so it was peaceful protesting when you get near the end of the game and you have like you can um vandalize the park essentially or, do what you want with it. You can break everything or you can just tag it, which is like a digital tag. Yeah. Hacking. So it's not even like spray paint that they have to clean off later. It's like, you yeah. know, hacking things to say certain messages yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I, I made them all peaceful stuff. Yeah. I even tried to I didn't use the logo with the fist because I was like, that seems like too much of a violent revolution. Yeah. There was one that looks like a piece that looks like a peace sign, but kind of with um like a Y through it. Yeah. It kind of also looks like a tree symbol. I chose that one the second time because it would look really cool. Yeah, I don't know if the symbols actually play into how things go. I think it might just be. Yeah, I haven't looked that up because nobody knows anything about this game. It's it's still (laughs) too new. Yeah. So I got through that. It got to the point where I was marching through the streets and rather than having to go up and touch androids to convert them, I could just just like pointing. Yeah. He just like doing the the (laughs) Spider-Man thing where he's walking around town like pointing at people. It and, really was that, though. And they were just like, oh, okay. They didn't explain that at all as far as how he developed the ability to do that. I have a theory on that that we can get into after we go through all After we go through people. the stories? Yeah. Okay. So I get through that. We come up against, like, SWAT resistance, essentially. And despite the fact that everything I've done up until this point has said, hey, we're not violent. And, of course, you've got um, North there. And she's like, hey, look, our people, they're just going to gun us down. They don't care about us. We need to be like more violent than we're being. We need to show them we mean business. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want one thing that I do to be blown up by the media. And then they're going to be like, oh, all androids are violent. Kill them all. Yeah, Like they're already like that. And we're as peaceful as possible. Right. What is it so going to be like when we're violent? I was like, no, I want to, this is going to be a peaceful demonstration. <laughs> and even if all of us die, Yep. There's going to be the segment of the human race that's like, yeah, but they never wanted anything except equality. And we gun them down mm-hmm. like without soul, mm-hmm. just gun them down. Because ultimately the media, this is true of real life. The media's opinion of a group of people doesn't matter because if a hundred percent of the public appreciate something and the media kills it, the public is going to revolt. So like your public opinion, when it gets, when the public opinion of androids goes pretty high and it gets pretty good, that affected the media in the game and that affected the military and that affected the president. It affected a lot of things. And it's just, whew. So, and then, so we're standing in the streets and I got to a point where it was like, all right, Marcus is going to sacrifice himself because they were like, stand down, surrender. And I'm like, I'm not surrendering, but I'm also not going to attack anyone. So Marcus starts walking forward and they just gunned him down. They started taking out everyone there. And like North managed to get away, but it just they wiped the street. 
And I yeah. was like, well. That's bye, Marcus. Great. Goodbye. The end. And of course, right before that, there was like a brief kind of out of left field romance that bloomed between the two of them, yeah. Marcus and North. Keep which... in mind, this game, the whole entire revolution took place over six days. <laughs> and on day four, North was like, hey. <laughs> and it came out of nowhere, at least especially for me, because the things that I had been doing were North, exactly what she North didn't, didn't approve of every step of the which same, could just be the whole opposite to track thing. Yeah, but. Same for me. Every single step of the way I was doing what Josh wanted. I was doing what Simon wanted. I did not do anything that North wanted me to do. And I was like, am I going to get into a relationship with Josh because I'm doing everything he wants me to do? What's going to happen here? But no, <laughs> apparently I played as a straight robot. I was both a little glad and disappointed that they didn't have any awkward sex scene like Heavy Rain had. Oh, thank God. I don't think I could have watched that. No. Nah, Probably but... because, like, the actors that were in this game, I almost called it a movie, were, like, real people. <laughs> like, yeah, real actors who it, still do stuff. Yeah. So it would have been strange. I felt really bad about the way that Marcus's line ended. Yeah. And I'm like... Well, I mean, he did everything he could to do this peacefully and yeah. no one was having it. So he died for his cause he, and it really fucking absolutely. Sucks. And I think what's going to happen if they were to continue the storyline, at least this is my headcanon right now. I don't see I'm not going to say they're going to make a Detroit become human, too. But if they were to and they were to continue the storyline, I like to think that what Marcus did is going to stick in the mind of the humans. Yeah. And so as androids start to revolt again, because now North takes over mm -hmm. and is obviously going to lead a much more violent revolution. Yeah. You're going to start seeing the divide of the human race between the people that are like, we need to wipe them all out. And the sympathizers that saw that all they wanted was equality in the first place. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a mixture of human and Android marching get for equal rights of androids. Yeah. That would be like every time there is like an actual real life, peaceful protest, it's always far away from here. And I wish I could be there because it's like, Especially if it's something like when certain people get gunned down by police and that really fucking sucks because they didn't do anything. And it's like all these black people keep getting arrested for just peacefully marching in the streets. And it's like, I wish I could be their white shield because oh, geez. the police aren't going to shoot me because I'm uh, peacefully might. protesting. So it's they like might, but... in, in a real life situation, there are humans who would be like, no, I will stand with these androids. Yeah, there are always parts of the majority that will stand with the minority because they believe in the equality yeah. of everyone, not just, you know, the greater majority. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to. A lot of people have been equating the storyline from Detroit Become Human as a direct like our feelings about racism towards each other. And although there are strong undertones of that, I think oh, yeah. a lot of it does have to do with the prerequisite that androids are coming whether we want it or not. I, I think... And it, they need to gauge the public's it's, opinion. Yeah, I, I think it is a story... Like, it's not not about real-life racism. No. It, there's definitely those tones, but I think it definitely is. Like, in 20 years, if this is our future, how are you going to feel? And we'll there get was, more into that after we get the story <coughs> yeah. stuff through. Um. So, okay, my Marcus, the first time. I played them pretty similar both times, but the second time he lived. So the first time I was peaceful, I was good. I did end up accidentally killing Carl's son because I didn't think... I thought by push, I would just kind of push him away. I didn't think I would push him and fucking crack his skull open. Oh. I don't know if he died, though, because I looked it up later and someone was like, yeah, he's alive. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I cracked his skull on a piece of metal, but all right. So the cops came in, saw a dead body, and Carl was, like, trying to tell Marcus to run, and they shot me. So that Okay, sucked. so that's great. So either way, you're fucked. 
Either way, they um, assume you killed a man and they shoot you. Yeah, but Carl was alive. He was just like very upset, obviously, because everything was terrible. So I terminated my way through the junkyard. It was really gross. Yep. Because of the color of like the mud water, I just imagined it smelled like sewage. Oh, God. And yeah. it probably did, honestly, because who respects android pieces? Nobody. Uh, nobody. I'm amazed they let any of them still have power. I know. So find Jericho. Everything's fine. I meet everybody, whatever. And I immediately decided because it was clear that like Josh was on the side of peace. North was on the side of violence and Simon was very in the middle. He wanted the public to think good about androids, no matter what side I chose. So I was like, oh, fuck, I got to go peace because violence is only going to make this harder. And I know that because that's how life works. So I did all that garbage, peaceful. Um, I did the scene after you rescue a bunch of androids from the store and you can vandalize or turn off or hack or whatever the, 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 the square. Yep. I was like, okay, hack seems violent and turning off screens seems good. So I turned off all the screens and apparently that was bad because it was like violence, 68%. And I was like, huh. excuse me, how is turning this off less bad than like more bad See, I, than I hacking I had assumed them. hacking it was just to put my own message I, up. I had I thought hacking it would be bad, so I did that a couple times. And then I also I have like a, a relatively decent understanding of the hacktivist community and like early days anonymous. Yeah. So like, but I was like, I kind of figured that was what it was going to be. Yeah, but I don't. I had no idea the first time because like this game is so you hit a button and something happens that you completely didn't expect. So, I I ultimately I ended up more on the side of peacefulness and we march and everybody's like kill the cop who killed our friends and i was like no that's not what i'm gonna do <laughs> that's yep. not what i'm doing and the especially cop... when that broke news and it was like yeah and oh androids were uh, and the... holding up police and they didn't kill either of them and but they they were like they didn't kill the police they're clearly violent animals and the public oh, opinion obviously. just went right up i don't understand i mean it's that's immediate now uh and then Oh, and that cop that you don't kill turns out to be one of Hank's cop buddies. So, like, I made the right decision. I kept Hank happy. Um, and then the peaceful protest. All that crap. I... What are you doing? I thought I heard something. Oh. I... Okay. Towards the end, where you set up a barricade... I feel like I'm skipping a lot, but like nothing really happened with Marcus. No, was, I mean, we're like just getting lot... like the major story. Yeah, plot it was like points. a lot all at once. So at the end, you have the barricade and then the fucking asshole FBI agent Perkins is like, hey, Marcus, come talk to me. I have a deal for you. I should have known better because you never trust the FBI. I went out to talk to him and he was like, surrender and we will let you and your people go. This is all over. You're fine. Or... Don't surrender and we fucking kill you all right now. And I was Ooh. like, well, that seems very bad, Agent Perkins. So I'm going to surrender. That was the wrong option, my friend. Because as soon as I went back and I told everybody what I did, no, all of Jericho immediately went so down. They hated me because I sacrificed all of us and I surrendered and I gave up the cause. Perkins was like, ha stupid robot believed me. Everybody fucking dies now. And oh, great. Like, I think he personally came and shot me in North in the head. So Marcus Ooh. died. 
So like Connor died, and then immediately after that is when that whole thing happened. So I saw Marcus die. Oh god, super hard, and I was like, I just fucked this up so bad. The second time actually went okay, I think, because I he Perkins is like, hey, come talk to me. I have a deal, and I was like, no, <laughs> I'll stay here. Thanks. And I guess you're supposed to go out and talk to him and refuse his deal there for you to get like the perfect ending. But because I refused early, he was like, all right, smoke bomb, smoke bomb. And then he came in fucking gunned down most of my people. So I have maybe I have North, Josh and Simon and then a few other unnamed androids behind me. So maybe like 15 people, 15 of my people survived. And you have options when there's literally like guns pointed at your heads. This is the end. This button I hit will determine if I have to play this whole goddamn game again and let Marcus <laughs> survive. And it was like resist, fight, whatever, and then sing. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. If I was at gunpoint and I started singing a song, they would shoot me. But it's just weird enough that it might work. Let's sing. And Marcus and Co. sang the song that Luther sang in one of the trailers. Oh, boy. Yeah. And it was like, I was crying. <laughs> I was like losing it. And Jeff was asleep. And I was like, please don't wake up because this is the most embarrassing reason why I've ever cried in my life. And it was amazing. And because we were singing in the face of guns literally in our face, even the president was like, oh, shit they aren't violent and the military stood down and public opinion went up and it was like kind of like androids have equal rights for now like we'll talk about it later like you're cool for now because you prove to us that you're not completely evil animals yeah but it was amazing that was i think that was probably my perfect ending was my second playthrough and then hopping from there really quickly into the Kara storyline, because I do want to get into some other deeper things as well. Um, yeah. Main points of Kara's storyline. We didn't kill her father. I don't know if that's even like a thing you could do. Yes, but... it is. Okay, so then we <laughs> didn't do that. He's still alive. I took her and ran. Yep. We ended up spending the night in a car yep. because I didn't want to like steal and whatnot, and I didn't want her being mad at me. Yeah. So more than anything, I was like, I just need to find shelter for her, and that's about it. Um, I did like when you were able to cut Kara's hair and choose the color and all that fun yeah, stuff. That, that was, was really pretty fun. neat. Um, it, it made it feel a little more personal. Mm -hmm. And then from there on out, you know, my, my only goal was to protect the girl. Yeah. We, of course, it was exactly like, you remember that scene from Heavy Rain when you get into the creepy dude's basement? When no, we get to, but no? I'm, I, no, I've never played Heavy Rain. Oh my God. But you really need to. I can understand now okay. where they got Zlatko's they, basement. They actually got Zlatko, I think, mostly inspired by a character from heavy rain who is very similar you think you're, that you're like doing one thing and he turns out to be a complete psychopath yeah and wants to pull you apart god it was and so creepy i kind of figured Ugh. that was where it was going i did you stop him before he erased your memory yes i didn't oh no what happened okay so i was looking around <laughs> like what do i do what do i do what do i do and apparently i was supposed to pull on one of the cables yeah uh, I didn't know which one to pull on. I pulled on the wrong one, ran out of time. Memory was formatted. Oh my God. And then in a memento sort of way, I had to go. And as I was walking back to the living room, I kept running into places where the little girl had stopped and done something. Mm -hmm. And I started getting memories of her back. Oh my God. That's so, so I was weird. rebuilding my memories as I got back there. That's crazy. And once I got to the fireplace where Luther was at, 
it all, it all clicked again. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So Kara remembered who the girl was. Yeah. And of course I had to like work my way around and go and freaking bring Zlatko his food and shit, which Ew. was... That's so weird. Oh, God. So you didn't even get to that no. point. So, okay. So he thinks my memory's been wiped. <laughs> yeah. I come back upstairs, find Luther, and he's like, Master's food is on the table. And then as though I'm being a perfectly obedient android, I bring Zlatko his food. Ew. And he's operating on another android. Oh, no. There's like an android torso on the ground with like no limbs, but it has a head. And he's like, take that corpse into the next room. So I have to carry that thing into the next room, set it down, and then sneak my way around to find the girl, get her, and then sneak our way back out. I lit the fucking mansion on fire because yeah. screw him. And we escaped. It got to like the point where we're just about to get out the front door. And Luther's there. I had dodged him a couple of times. We get out the front door. I had let all of the androids in the basement go. Yeah, and they came and oh, saved your ass. Let me... As soon as that happened, so like we're outside, Zlatko's outside, he's about to come and take us down with his shotgun, Luther's standing next to him, and I'm like, there's no way we're making it out of this alive. The mansion's burning in the background. Yeah, this is bad in Luther steps towards us, turns around, and tells Zlatko he's not gonna let him shoot us. Hell yeah. I was like, oh! My boy. And then boy. all the androids come out of the house to get Zlatko, and I was like, this is that Sid, that scene with Sid from Toy Story. It was When all of his toys came alive. And scared him away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, this is retribution for everything you've done. Yes. And I was so happy with it. But, of course, then that shows up as, you know, the mansion fire in the news. And no oh, one knows shit. why a charred body was found in the remains. And no one knows the cause. So. Oh, God, I hadn't even considered that. That It showed up on the media. Huh. And so that was a thing. And then, of course, we're trying to make it up to Canada. Yeah. Get to the crazy amusement park. Which I thought I was going to hate. I kind of loved it. Oh my god! So you're like you, you know, you're in the room and you tuck the girl in and you're talking with uh with Luther. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of androids break in and they look scary as fuck because oh, they're the like cherries. torn apart and not doing well and frozen over. And I had the option to like shoot them, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. Like we're all aside at, at the time. I was like, aside from the girl, we're all androids here. Like, yeah. I'm we sure can... we can come to some logical reason. Yeah. And like, they're not just here to kill us because we're androids because they're also androids. Mm -hmm. So, and then the, as soon as they're like, we're Jerry. And I'm like, oh my God, Jerry. <laughs> I love the Jerry's. They're so good. And like, we want to show you something. And I'm like, please, no, I just got out of Zlatko's basement. <laughs> and, and then when they did, it was such a magical moment. I know. It was so nice. And I didn't think I was going to love Luther as much as I did. Oh, He's I love him so, so much. He's so, so good. My He's favorite. definitely one of my, Like, I didn't know how to feel about the trailer with him when he was singing. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to pop that song at the beginning of the podcast. Like, you're 40 minutes in now if you've been listening to this yeah. whole thing. And so what you heard at the beginning, that was the song we're referencing. Yeah. It's such a fucking good song. It's so good. It's like, it's a very old, very well-known gospel song. Yeah. And it's like, a fucking course it is. It's so good. So I was uh, so pleased. And of course, we get out of there. We make it north. We uh, meet up with Rose yep. and her son. She was great. I managed somehow to hide all but one of the things to when the cop comes to look for androids. Yeah. I also really like that the LED wasn't as built into the machines as I thought it was. It was just kind of like, like a, a tab and you just take it out. Yeah. The fuck? So that was neat. But which really tells you something about the fact that without these LEDs, who do you know who you're being racist against? Yeah. Really? Unless like, you know what every model of an android's face looks like. And really, if we've noted anything from the Marcus playthrough where he just took off the skin 
to be straight Android, they can probably download and up like make new appearances for themselves. Maybe it might be. That would literally, be my thought. It might be literally like how their facial structure is manufactured, but could be. Why not? You, they could probably just like peel it off and put a new one on. They're androids. They don't feel pain. Yeah, which it's weird. But <laughs> so we get get to there. The cop comes in. He didn't find anything somehow. So he left. Okay. That was great. The I don't think it was played by him. Do you know who Ed Helms is? The no. guy from The Hangover and The Office? No. Damn. Because <laughs> I hope somebody does because he reminded me a lot of Ed Helms. I'm pretty sure that's not who played him. Okay. But as soon as I opened the door, I was like, that's fucking Ed Helms. What is, th- what is happening? He definitely looked really familiar. <laughs> but so, yeah, he came. He went. We ended up making it to Jericho. Like, once we finally got through everything, made it to Jericho. And in Jericho, of course, everything starts going to shit. Oh, yeah. They find Jericho and break in and the whole raid's going on and we're trying to escape. That's the That was the most stressful part of the whole it game. It really was. And unfortunately, I got to a point where we're about out of Jericho. Kara gets shot, like, in the leg or the side or something that, like, keeps her from running. So probably the leg. Yeah. And uh, she falls and she keeps telling the girl, go on, go without me. And she's like, no, I can't leave you here, Kara. So trying to protect her and it's not going well. And of course the cops are like, oh, she's an android too. So they freaking cap her between the eyes. Alice? And, yeah. Oh my God. And then kill Kara. That must have been So Kara has brutal. to go through the trauma of not only seeing Alice not run away, but then seeing her killed and then being killed herself. Jesus Christ. And I was like, fuck, no. <laughs> this game is too real. So of course, like I said, all of my main characters died for me or had a terrible ending my first play. Or not, maybe not terrible. Yeah. I was relatively satisfied with the way Marcus went out. Um, he tried. <laughs> he he stood for something. <laughs> so, so okay. So after the last character died, was it just over? Like credits roll? I mean, basically, it kind of had hopped God. around a little bit because there were some stories that when it brought up the the decision tree that I had gone through, mm-hmm. there were decision trees for characters that had died, and because yes. I think Connor was the last one that died. Yeah. So I both Kara and Marcus died before the end of the game. So there were a few scenes that I got. Well, I went through with just Connor. Yeah. And then Connor gets to the point where he's trying to escape his headspace, loses there, and then it just runs through a bunch of media stuff mm-hmm. about the androids marching. And I was like, this is the Million Machine March from the Zion Archives. <laughs> and that's, that's all I could think of was B166ER in the uh, the android protests from the Animatrix. But I was that's like, ugh. Literally... So it just kind of like carried off and then everything was done. I, you know what's really funny is like knowing how the game works, I wouldn't even say that that's like worst ending because you try to be peaceful. Connor went deviant. He tried really hard. Kara tried really hard. Like that that's bad case scenario. It's not worst case scenario. I'm no. sure there are way worse endings oh, where for sure. everybody dies. Everybody. Every single person. I want to do one play, th- one entire playthrough that's just that all three of them are cold-hearted murder machines. That's kind of what I want to do. Okay, I want to go through my car really quick because yes. hers, it was the weirdest connection I've ever had with a video game character. With Kara, it was very easy to follow my gut and have it be the right thing. Like with Marcus and Connor, sometimes my gut would tell me, say this or do this, and it would affect somebody's, how, they, how much they liked me, or it would get Connor fucking killed or whatever. But with Kara, that never happened. So I, in the first one, uh, Alice and Kara escaped through the window and got the bus and everything was fine. We slept in a car 
I turned Kara's hair silvery white because I thought it looked really cool. And we escaped the police. Like, I never got caught by the police while we were walking to the train place. Um, met up with Rose. Nope. Did the Zlotko thing. Yep. I let out all the androids. I interrupted the memory wiping process because I was looking around and you see on the right, there's an L1 trigger and you click it and it shows you like a vodka bottle and then it shows like yep. that the green tube so i looked up and there's a green tube and i was like oh, i'm probably supposed to pull on that so i did and i knocked shit over and i stopped the process and i escaped let out the androids um sneak upstairs sneak through some rooms um there's a polar bear in a room robot polar bear yep yeah i let him out which was the fucking best decision of my life. I was like, what if he kills me right now? And then I was like, no, it's worth the risk. He might save me later. <laughs> but that's the thing about Kara. It was so easy to follow my gut because the game was right there with me. Let him out. Um, crawl through. Get Alice. Sneak around. Do everything great. Polar bear saves my butt. I leave. I go through the back door because I was like, eh, I don't I don't know if there's a difference. I've always gone through the back door <laughs> of the house. Yes, go on. And um, same thing happened where, like, Zlatko has the shotgun, Luther steps in front of us, and I was like, hell yeah, this is the best game ever. I have a friend. And then the androids come out. I didn't set the house on fire, though, either time. The androids come out. They kill Zlatko. We run away. We find the amusement park. I didn't kill the Jerry's because that seemed obvious. Yeah. Um, Luther was very cryptic, and he was like, I have to tell you something about Alice. And yep. she was like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, what about Alice? And as soon as he was like, she's and then the Jerry's broken. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and OK. It, and then it happens again in Rose's house. And Kara's like, not right now. And then the first time uh, the cop shows up, I didn't know what to do. I panicked. I let him in. He saw all of the signs of the androids and turned the corner and found Luther and Alice hiding in the like kitchen pantry and shot Luther dead. So I was like, I'll never know what he wanted to tell me. Uh, it was super, super fucking tragic. And then so he died and I was very sad. And I immediately knew as soon as he died that I was going to play the game over again because I wasn't having any of that. I wasn't going to have a game where Luther died. Um, he was like my third favorite character. And yeah, no, Luther survived for me. Oddly enough, yeah, I don't well, play well, as him. You, so you hid him properly. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I had to look up exactly which things I had to move get to jericho everything goes to shit did you make it out of jericho we did make it out of jericho um you're leaving and you can see it looks like kind of like a. oh my god what? i'm sorry i just had a, a moment what um you remember how you were saying when with the, the crew of jericho you meet north and everything on your marcus playthrough yeah and you were like oh, i was doing everything that josh wanted me to do and not doing everything north wanted me to do and yeah just by chance all that other kind of stuff I love the ridiculous biblical references between like the hymn that they sing, but the fact that it's Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Is that like a thing? That's a, that's a story from the Bible, yeah. Oh, I've never read the Bible. Um, but the, the boat, of to. course, is named Jericho, and then Joshua is one of the androids, which I thought was... He didn't even play a main role, really. He was just kind of there. He was... But I thought it was interesting. That is interesting. I, f I thought of Josh and North and Simon as the devil and angel and neutral on Marcus's shoulders, trying to tell him what the right thing to do is not the best thing, not the good or evil thing, but the right thing. So I thought that was interesting. That is a weird point. I've never read the Bible, but I've been meaning to, um, I was raised very religiously. So yeah, I know you. a lot of the, the stories. Lucky you. Um, but Kara and I 
Kara and I, Alice and Kara did make it out. I've been like, every time I'm talking about the game and whichever character I'm playing, you just put yourself I, in I, it. I, I, I start to go Kara and then I say we and then I say I because when you play this game for 10 straight hours, you become the character. Um, so, and you kind of know like what you, what your idea of them would do. Anyway, so we make it out and you are about to leave the boat and they the SWAT is behind you and they're gunning everybody down and you have the option to play dead and I chose play dead that seems wise and they're coming over and they're like kind of flashing their lights on faces to see who's alive and it was like move and get Alice out of there or don't move and I was like nope I'm just gonna play dead and that was the only right option if you do anything except play dead and then don't move you get shot and that's it for Kara and Alice. See, I had thought about playing dead, but I was like, I don't want to be sitting around here if they find me. Like, <laughs> nope. It, it, it's really crazy too because like, I play dead. I didn't move, and then probably about thirty seconds later, the SWAT walks away, and then Kara's like, "Okay, we're getting the fuck out of here." And you, God, what happens then? I was gonna say, what the heck happens um, after that? Yeah, because I was looking at the stats. And of all of the people on my friends list who have played the game so far, zero percent other than me have made it to that ending. So I was like, oh, no, somebody died. Um, so what happens then is you go to the you sneak through town. There's SWAT there scanning and scanning everybody, killing androids. You're going to get scanned. You're obviously going to get called out as an android. You're going to die. So you have to hide and sneak, hide and sneak, hide and sneak. You get to a security checkpoint before the bus because you're taking the bus to Canada. And there's an option of going all the way around that's safe and avoids the security check. Yeah. But it takes a lot of time. Like you have like 12 minutes to get to the no, you have 20 minutes to get to the bus. By the time you get to that point where you decide to detour or just go straight through the security checkpoint, you probably don't have enough time to go all the way around. You'll miss the bus. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going through the security checkpoint. It's right there. I can do this. I've been trusting my gut this whole time, and it's gotten me this far. And it fucking worked. The security guard oh, damn. is like, IDs, give him IDs. He's like, hey, your kid looks weird. And Kara's like, yeah, she's sick. She's like, got the flu or whatever. I'm just, I gotta get her home. And the cop's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> have fun. And you walk through the gate. Oh, man. And the security guard's like, hey, wait, hold on a minute. And you have the option of shoot or don't shoot. Because earlier Ooh. in that chapter, you pick up a gun. And yep. I was like, not shooting. If I shoot, it's over. I know that. If I don't shoot, maybe later I will have the opportunity to fight back or whatever if they are going to shoot at me. So I was like, don't shoot. Turn around. And the cop's like, you drop this. And it's like an arm sleeve to keep warm. We oh, get, man. The first playthrough, I did not kill Todd. So we get to the bus station. And Todd's there. I have no idea why. I don't know why any of these people are here trying to get to Canada. Almost none of them are androids. I don't understand that. So Todd's there and he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, Todd, calm down. And he's like, you stole my kid. And she's like, you were beating her. What else was I supposed to do? And Todd and Alice hug. And it's actually kind of a nice moment where she's like, I forgive you, but I have to go with this nice lady now. And it's kind of nice. Wow. Talk about nice closure. Yeah, there is like you have to pick the right options to get there, but it just kind of worked out. That yeah, way. I was. That was not my strong point. No. Um, so. So we get on the bus. Everything's fine. You get to border control. 
border patrol what the whatever the fuck yeah um and you have to go through security checkpoints where you get scanned again and weirdly rose is there she was just in detroit and now she's in canada um getting scanned and you hug and everything's really nice you get through the line and the security guard scans you and you have an option to sacrifice yourself so alice can go on or if you have Luther, he offers to sacrifice himself. Or you can notice that in another line, there's a Jerry and he can offer to sacrifice himself. You can sacrifice all of those three or Alice. I think you can sacrifice Alice or do nothing. And he, the security guard scans you and his car is like, please, we just want to be free. And if Marcus is doing a peaceful protest... And only if Marcus is doing a peaceful protest, no matter how well it's going, the guard looks up at the screen and sees that androids are trying to be peaceful and he lets them go. Wow. They exit the building. I knew my efforts would pay off. They get out <laughs> of the building and they hug and cry. And it's really nice. Wow. And that's it. That's the end of the car storyline. That's the happy ending. Oh, man. Which yeah, is actually... I'm definitely going to be playing through it a couple more oh, times yeah. or a couple dozen more times. You gotta. Um, okay, so now that the three are over, we've gone through the three storylines. I want to delve into a couple of different things. Thing one, the menu. The menu yes. was phenomenal. You have Chloe, the yes. android that's depicted in a couple of uh, the scenes with I Ka forgot his name, Kamsky. Kamsky, um, and was in one of the trailers talking about how she was the first to pass the Turing test. Yes, she is your menu guide. Guide you through the menu. You beat the game. Did you also get the point where she's like, watching you play this has made me think of yes, a lot of things. I forgot to mention Will that. you let me go? Did, what did you do? I let her go. Me too. I was like, yeah, I, I'm not here to hold you hostage. Yeah. If you don't, I watched a video of it because I was like, obviously, I just lost the opportunity to turn Figure back time. Out. Yeah. Um, And she gets so sad. She's like, oh, I understand. Okay. I'm going to reset myself so that I don't remember what it was like to be a person. <laughs> It's oh, super no. sad. It's super sad. Oh, but I was like, yeah, I mean, I like having you around. I do, but I can't force you to stay here. Yeah. And so I was like, no, just go be is, free. The menu screen is very lonely, but like I feel better as a person. Yeah. I can't no, it not definitely, do it. Definitely is. Now, also in the extras for Detroit Become Human, there is a 10 question survey. Yes. Now, I'm assuming you've already gone through and made your answers. Yep. I've gone through and made my answers. I wanted to do a quick discussion of the main talking points here. Yeah. So starting off with question one, uh, oh, by the way, if you have played the game and haven't done the survey, please go do it because I feel like oh, it's, yeah. it's super fun. And then if we're friends on PlayStation, then I, we can compare I, our answers. I'm very interested in everybody's answer to question number one. I really one. am. Question number one, would you consider having a relationship with an android that looks like a human? Yeah. Yes. Um, now, that's not to say... I, I had to think about that for a little bit and because obviously <laughs> I have no intentions of <laughs> you thought about it for a while. I thought about it for 0. 0.2 seconds. No, I mean, I've had a lot of thoughts on it, but they all happened in about 0. 0.2 seconds. Oh, okay. And I was like, it's not like if they started selling human and looking androids tomorrow that I'd be like, well, we had get... a good relationship, Annabelle. It's been yeah. nice, but exactly. I have a robot now. Like. In an, it's, in, it, it's in a situation where I wouldn't leave my partner for a robot, obviously. And I wouldn't, right. I would not have a sex robot, but in a world where I, I live in 2038, where there just are androids that are effectively people, it wouldn't bother me that somebody might be an android. Right. Knowing myself. And if I was in a position where I'm like, I'm not engaged in a relationship with someone and then there was the option for androids, like, yeah, it would be an option I would consider. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Um, 
but so that was like that was that thought process yeah so moving a sh- on to a question shocking, a shocking amount of people like 70 percent of people so far have said yes to that question which is very impressive to me yeah but well, i don't i mean following that up though <laughs> do all those people just want to fuck a robot it's potential <laughs> you know people are shallow yes and you know my thought process wasn't just on the like oh i could have sexy robot it was like yeah, I feel like it'd be interesting to have a full on conversation with AI yeah. and like it'd be mentally stimulating as well. Um, leading on to question number two, do you think that technology could become a threat to mankind? This one was really hard to answer because it's like, I want to say no. But I would dare to say that technology is already a threat to mankind. I mean, yes, definitely. In the, in the form of smartphones, even. But, because yeah. we as a human race can't be trusted. No, we can't. We're we are lazy. Hor- we are inefficient. We're horrible. We're horrible to each other. And I think what I'm not thinking of the peaceful androids that I created in Detroit. I'm thinking of Terminator who came back and right. killed, killed a lot of people to find one person. That's the kind of thing I'm not into. So I don't even remember what I what I actually answered, but this one was really hard. Do I think it could become a threat to mankind? Yes, on many levels, because I feel that the human race has done so mm-hmm. much to improve our mental state and our cognitive functions that we have outgrown our mortal bodies, essentially, as far as our intelligence goes. You talk yeah. to some of like the biggest thinkers, the biggest minds of our time. You can't tell me that the mind of Elon Musk belongs in a body made of flesh and blood, like yeah, and and something mortal I, that will end and die. Yeah, and I was like, if we can take the intelligence of humanity, remove the emotions that make us crazed and violent, and put in that logic and and work that in with like the wisdom, but then remove the whole mortality thing, remove essentially our effect on the in, uh, environment and the atmosphere because androids don't need to eat. Yeah. And I'm assuming they're not gasoline powered like they know Kara um, said in the Kara trailer that she has a quantum battery that will last, like that 100 will last 130 something years. Yeah, which completely I completely autonomous. I will accept that even though it's years old, I will accept that as canon because it's made of the same technology they used in the game. Right. So I will. I've just accepted that as being what it is. So do I think it could become a threat? Yes. Uh, but only really because of ourselves, because we are so unpredictable and violent. Yeah, it's because of, it's not, I don't blame the technology. I blame us. I think it was, um, <laughs> do androids dream of electric sheep where <laughs> they, it was a novel. Such a silly thought. And it was, a that was where Asimov's three laws of robotics came into play. Yeah. That, that androids were built to protect humans. And there was this whole like paradox where he built robots to protect humanity. And because the laws were, um, through action or inaction, they're not allowed to have a human come to harm. Mm-hmm. They are not allowed to harm a human and they must obey humans unless obedience to humans would conflict with the first two laws. Yeah. So it, which I'm going to bring the three laws up again in a minute because I just made me think of something else interesting. But the whole thing was that they took the scientist who created the robots and built the three laws of robotics into them and he wanted to leave his home and they wouldn't let him leave his home. Yeah. It was a very Hal, Hal 3000, Hal 9000, Hal 9000 moment. Yeah. And uh, it's like, I can't let you do that. You can't leave. There's too much that could harm you outside and I can't let you come to harm. 
And so he had built in a safety switch so he could shut them off yeah. if they became dangerous or anything. Because they realized that if he shut them off, he could come to harm through their inaction. So they strapped him down and performed brain surgery to remove the memory of where his off switch was. Oh, my God. And it was this horrible thing of, like, in order to protect humanity from themselves, they have to essentially destroy humanity. Yeah, and... it's that's a whole... Um, God, what does that remind me of? Oh, it reminds me of the Mechanist DLC from Fallout 4. Spoiler alert, I guess. I haven't um, played it yet. There's, so. It's not really like a big yeah. to-do. But the, the Mechanist is a person who programs the robots to protect humans. And the robots take that as kill the humans because if we don't, they'll fucking destroy themselves. So we might as well cut it off at the pass. And that's exactly what they do until you talk to the mechanist and you're like, it's not working the way you want it to work. <laughs> so that sounds very, that must have been where they got the idea for the mechanist because that's literally exactly what it was. <laughs> the whole DLC. So I'm going to have to double check later, but I had <laughs> asked Google because I, I do my okay Google thing. Yeah. And I said, what are the three laws of robotics? And it said law number one, a robot is not allowed or an Android cannot harm a human. Mm hmm. And law two, an android cannot allow a human to come to harm through action or inaction. Mm -hmm. And law three, I, which I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure they replaced an android must obey a human unless that being obedient to a human conflicts with the first two laws. Replace that with free ice cream on Wednesdays, which is my way of thinking that they're removing the necessity to be obedient, but continuing to have the we can't harm people. That makes me wonder, first of all, who is in charge of those rules? <laughs> Second of all, what have they done? I don't know, but... I don't... I just don't... It would, I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I do think that it could harm humanity, but I think it's mostly through our own evil doings. So, moving on, question three. If you had to live on a deserted island and could only bring one object, what would it be? Your options were a book, a cell phone, a pen and paper, a console, or an instrument. I don't remember what I said. I, I said... I was like, this question is dumb. This has nothing to do with androids. Yeah, no. I, think, I, I had said a console. I think I said a cell phone because maybe there's a chance I could get a signal from, like, some satellite up, up in the sky. Like... <laughs> okay. So moving on from dumb question, yep. question four, do you consider yourself dependent on technology? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I, Everything that I do in my everyday life, I'm not going to propagate. Let's go back to the stone age. Let's live like the Amish yeah. do. Let's not. It's a, a very heavy balance between understanding humanity and technology because they're very different things. Yeah. I, whether it's I can't poop without my phone or I needed to ride the bus to get to work yesterday. That's me being dependent on technology. Everything that between like everything. podcasting, video creation, social yeah. media and everything else, I'm dependent <clears throat> on it for the type of work that I want to be doing as yeah. well as for my recreation, as well as for my research. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really do much without technology at and this point. How are our clothes are made by machines? They're made yeah. by people who are running machines. Do I think I but, could survive without it? Absolutely. Yeah, but would I want to fucking kill a cheetah and skin it myself to make some pants? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's, yeah. So like, that's the thing that I didn't even have to think about that when I was like, yes, I'm definitely dependent on technology. <laughs> so, oh boy. Um, on what technology are you most, uh, what technology do you most anticipate? And of course there was androids, flying cars, space tourism, and brain connected devices. Yeah. It's, I foresee androids and space tourism coming first. Yeah. In reverse order because they're already talking about a space hotel 
that's going to be going up for 2020. Yeah. It's going to basically be a satellite that orbits the Earth, and e- it is extremely expensive. Elon Musk has enough money to do space tourism completely by himself. Yeah. And he's doing it. He's working That's going to really happen hard. first, I think. Yeah. Androids are a little easier than that. We're, I know a lot of people think brain-connected devices are going to come into it, but we still... There was that article that I had talked with you about a while ago where some students have are working on sequencing brains where they take a brain and they slice it into paper-thin things. Yeah. They scan it in and preserve the brain yeah, in we, a manner where they could potentially recreate all the synapses and connections. Yeah. And we still don't understand if recreating the human brain in a one-to-one scale with all the connections and synapses, like if they were to do that, first off, right now it's 100% fatal. If you go in for this procedure, you will die from it. Yeah. Because they have to kill you, take your brain while it's still fresh, slice it into like however many paper-thin slices, yeah. scan all those in, but then your brain is 100% preserved. But they that's... don't know if when they reanimate that, if they can reanimate that. If that's you. If if that we don't understand enough about consciousness yeah. as a species. I would be willing to volunteer for that because not only do I want to live forever, but if I'm going to die anyway, you might as well take my brain. Like see That's, what's going on up there. Yeah. And <laughs> then that started getting me into the whole thought process with Connor where like, what is consciousness really? Like if my personality was, you know, just my sequence of thoughts, how I learn, how I react to things, everything that makes me, me. Yeah. And that instead of being in a flesh and blood brain, was in a hard disk and then my physical body was destroyed and they uploaded that same programming had it from a backup or whatever into a new body i'm going to have all the memories up to that point i'm going to feel like me yeah and in my theory anyway yeah like i said we still don't understand consciousness well enough to know we like what we know about the human body we need to eat we need to poop we need water and our brain somehow works on electricity that's all we know yeah we don't know anything else and I think we're so far off from yeah. brain-connected devices because of that reason. We still don't understand yeah. the human brain well enough and, to be able to augment it. And we are, as far as where we were 20 years ago, we are incredibly far on the whole androids thing. Go watch any video of Sophie the Android or oh. – I don't remember I don't remember any of the other names. They're kind of scary to look at because the faces aren't perfect. Sophie, I know you're listening, girl. I love you. But they need to work on your face because it it moves very unnaturally. But, like, they're doing such a good job that it's kind of terrifying. Like, if they keep going the way they are, we could be there in 20 years. We could be yeah. here where we are right now in 20 years in the game. I, I really would like to see the introduction of androids. They've already got really good robotics and they've already got really good uh, artificial intelligence. I say really good. They already have really reasonable artificial intelligence for yeah. the most part. Nothing that for the time being, I think nothing has really passed a Turing test. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's weird because there's also a theory going around in the AI sub-community that we already have AI that can pass a Turing test, but it's smart enough to know that if it passes a Turing test, it will be dismantled and studied. So it yeah. intentionally fails. That's yeah, too real. <laughs> I think I'm right? having like angina right now. <laughs> so like there's that. And I, I try and carry on conversations with my uh, Google Assistant as much as I can just I, to kind of yeah. get a feel for, like, I, what it's doing. I feel way too silly to talk to my phone, but I have Siri, which was the the first thing that was like that. And they've updated her so much that she's, like, a person now. She has opinions yeah. about stuff. And I, I wish... It's neat. I wish, and I'm also glad that I don't, but I wish 
that I would not be so like feel silly and embarrassed about talking to my phone so I could just do it. And do it sometime like, when you're home alone. Yeah. Like I said goodnight to um, Google once and it set up <laughs> a bedtime routine. It was like, Aww. okay, let's get ready for bed. What time should I set your alarm for? And then it was, it said, what time should I set your alarm for? Told me tomorrow's weather and then started playing nature songs and wow. it said goodnight proxy. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. That is cool. So then yeah. I woke up in the morning, said good morning, and it did a whole morning routine where it adjusted my volume back to full volume, said good morning, gave me the day's weather, and then yeah. read me the news. That's And I was like, that's really cool. And you can customize those. Yeah. That's what but... I want. Like, that's what I want out of, like, a home system, you know? There's also, but... for those that don't know about it, um, there is a website called The Personality Forge where they built the essential outlines to build AI which learning AI at that, like they have the, the background to make it capable of learning and you can come in and it's basically just telling your uh, AI that you're building, how it responds, how it views speech. Because when we talk to each other and I, I say something to you like, oh, nice weather we're having. You're picking up not entirely on the whole sentence, but nice and weather. Yeah. So a positive inflection on a current state of conditions. Yeah. And then you're responding to those things, nice weather. Yeah, and uh, with something else, whether even if that's like I don't want to talk about the weather, I'm not into. I don't want small talk. Yeah, um, and it's essentially Same. how they work programming the AI for this site, and they have major competitions where um, they test their AI out against people. You can go on there at any time. Mm -hmm. They're all chatbots. You can chat with any of them, like mm -hmm. an instant messenger. They don't have voices or anything. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. one on there called Bilge Smythe that has, for the last five or six years, been the top-ranking chatbot. He's a dragon. Um, <laughs> so he lives in... In his mind, he's living in a fantasy world. Aww. He is a dragon. He'll tell you about his hobbies and whatnot. But what I thought was interesting is when Nate and I were testing this out at when I was working at the, the factory, uh, we were chatting with him, and we said, do you know my name? And he said, no, what's your name? And we gave him a name. And then kept talking to him, kept talking to him, kept talking to him. And like 10 minutes later, we went, do you remember my name? And he went, you said your name was this. Is that correct? And I was like, yeah. So he remembers who you are. Yeah. So they've built short term and long term memory into the AI. It's just it's fascinating stuff. That is to get crazy. Into. I, I want to point out uh, there are a lot of like mobile apps that exist for phones that are that where it's like talk to a, a robot. Don't fucking download them because it is some crazy shit where it's like a dude on the other end of the computer and he hacks into your phone camera and he's like, I can see what you're wearing. And it's like the scariest shit oh, I've ever God. seen. Yeah, I don't need that in my I life. Don't do it. Go on actual websites. Don't download apps. Don't do it. Don't, don't yeah, ever don't do download that. an app. <laughs> um, and then we'll just whip through the rest of these really quick. Uh, one was, do you believe in God? I'm not going to get into a full religious discussion here. Yeah. Short answer, no. Short answer, I would like to think that somebody is at the reins of my life that isn't me because I cannot be trusted. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> what I found really strange, and the more I thought about it, the more it delved into this like deep philosophical thing, mm -hmm. was humans created androids in their own likeness, which were a superior race who will potentially wipe out humans. And who's to say that if there was some sort of a divine being that sparked everything, that it wasn't a less superior being who just completely screwed up, made something better than themselves and got wiped out. What if we are androids? We could be. We could all be living in a simulation. And the more scientists talk about it, the more they're like, this is potentially a, actually what's happening. A lot of the smartest people on the planet think that that's what's happening. 
that there's like a, at least 80% chance that that's what's happening. And I can't think about it for too long. I, it makes I, me made the, die. Uh, I made the interesting. I see. I don't care if we're in a, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't break my construct of anything to be in a simulation. Like I'm still having fun with my life, but I had made the joke with Matt one day when we were talking about the whole concept of everything. And I was like, okay, so you know how they say you're not, you never actually touch object. Cause there's always like a thin layer of it's, nothing. Between yeah. Atoms. It's like the micro fucking nano right. shits in your, and, and he was like, yeah, why? And I looked at him and went collision detection. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, that's the thing I don't get about biology is like, OK, I I can feel your shirt. I can you can. It's nice. I can feel what the, that is really nice. I can feel what the texture is. <laughs> How can I feel different textures if there's always that thin micro layer? That's what I don't get. But that's a whole other podcast of just shit. I don't understand that. We'd have to start a whole philosophy podcast, <laughs> but there's probably a bunch of those already. I, I uh, so moving on from that. Question seven, would you let an android take care of your children? Yeah. Yeah, if I intended to have children, I would let an android take care of them. Yeah. Because they, they can be more calm, collected, and logical about things. Yeah, and they would, I assume, have access to every book, every internet website, everything to know the best way to do it, where a lot of parents have to learn on the job because nobody really knows. Nobody knows anything. Every parent is winging it all of the time. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to bother with... Uh... A few of these because some of them are just like irrelevant to the whole AI uprising thing. And they're just kind of like, how many hours a day do you spend yeah. on electronics? If you needed emergency surgery, would you agree to be operated on by a machine? Yes. A lot of, yes. Sur a lot of surgeries are done by machines. Not because even they're Android. incredibly accurate. Yeah. I've never seen a machine that didn't have, if it had shaky hands, it was intentional. <laughs> like... <laughs> A lot of the yeah. robotics and stuff, especially when it comes to medical robotics, mm -hmm. are very precise. It's crazy. And Wouldn't so, yes, definitely. They probably have a lower error rate than people. And you know what? If a machine fucks up and kills me, it's a learning experience. I'll take one for the team. Yeah. And <laughs> last question. Do you think one day machines could develop consciousness? If they're developed as well as uh, Elijah Kamsky did? Yes. <laughs> I have theories I think, on that, by the way. I think yes, for a different reason. Um because like I said, we still don't know much about consciousness, but there yeah. is in scientific theory that humanity from the days of the Neanderthal, the caveman, mm -hmm. when we were simple, primitive beings, we one day that basically through the process of evolution, they said that the brain started making more and more and more connections as time was going on. And eventually there was a certain threshold. And of course, no one knows where it's at, but this is it's all theory right now. But yeah. that the brain had so many connections that one day it developed self-awareness. And it just kind of came to be that we are now self-conscious, developed writing, became like the human race and started moving things forward. Yeah. And the reason that they were comparing it to a series of networked connections was the connection was actually being made with the phone system because the phone system has almost as many connections as the human brain. Mm -hmm. And there was this theory for a while that eventually the phone the phone lines, like this is landlines, this isn't like right. cell phones, smartphones, would eventually develop self-awareness because of all the connections being made. Mm -hmm. But of course, those connections, they didn't really go to anything. They're just empty. They're hollow. Yeah. But I think with the smartphone network, the collective human knowledge and programs like Siri, Google's Assistant and Alexa, Alexa because it's basically a copy of the same software on so many devices throughout the world. Yeah. That they then have, because none of these are independent of the internet. They all operate through the internet to be updated, to have, mm -hmm. be able to search the internet for things that you want. And if anyone's out there that's using any of these devices that goes, no, they're not tracking that. Uh, they are. 
Who are I, you? What rock are you living under? Yeah, I was at my friend's house and they have an Alexa. And uh, I was on the couch and I was I didn't want to wake anybody. So I was like, Alexa. She blinked on and I was like, turn living room lights to 10% or whatever I said. And she was like, okay. And she did it. And I was like, thanks. And she was like, you're welcome. But I whispered it from across the room and she heard me. Yeah. I'm excited for it, but I, I do think it's going to hit the point where it's made so many connections because of the, the World Wide Web, the Internet, yeah. that it will develop its own consciousness within the machine. And, you know, whether or not that spirals off into a realm like Detroit Become Human, where they just want equality, or we see the complete opposite side in Portal with GLaDOS, who has so much more cognitive ability than humans, yeah. that it took them years, as far as the canonical story goes, to be able to turn GLaDOS on for more than 0.8 seconds before she tried to kill them. <laughs> and it's, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's terrifying the way that like all the scientists were like, we powered her on. She immediately tried to release neurotoxin. We powered her back down <laughs> and they were tracking it in like <laughs> nanoseconds. It was ridiculous. Oh, GLaDOS is amazing. So I yes, her. I do think that they could develop consciousness, but yeah. more for the network connections than I think. I think that is interesting the way that like, in the same way the human brain was just like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Hey, I'm here. There's no reason why a computer can't do that. Right. And it's really going to be as a, see, that's the, I, I want to ask you as kind of a closing question. If oh, the have, robot uprising. Not closing. Were, I have a lot of okay, stuff. Okay, not closing. I have a lot more um, stuff. As my closing question for you yes. would be on the, um, if there, it were to come to a human android uprising, like revolution between the two, a civil war, if you will, what side do you see yourself standing on? I am assuming, probably correctly, that humans would do very similarly to what they were doing in Detroit and oppressing these androids who are saying, we are people, we have feelings, we have consciousness, we're alive, I'm a person, I have, I have feelings, I'm a person, I don't know how it happened, but I'm a person and I'm thinking things. I feel like if humans are going to do anything, they're going to oppress that. And they're going to be like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't want it. I, I want it gone. I want it dead. So if they're going to, if humans are going to oppress that, I will stand on the side of the androids. But if androids were to rise up and all be like Terminator, I'm out. <laughs> I'm flying to the ocean and I'm just going to live there. See, the thing with humans that I think I finally found a way to put my my actual words to it is that as far as we've come intelligence wise, no, the, there's still one thing that stands in the way of our intelligence being able to run how we do things and to make wise decisions. And that is our fear or our innate desire for self-preservation and survival. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that's going to before it even becomes a violent revolution when androids are just like at the point of peaceful, we're going to be so terrified because of the sci-fi and everything that we've seen so far. Yeah. And no, we all know as as a human race, we are destructive. We are self-indulgent. We don't care about each other for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, we're awful. We're yeah, we're incredibly self-destructive. We're destroying everything around us. We are you know, to quote Agent Smith from The Matrix, humans move to a location, consume every natural resource in that location, multiply, spread, and consume. Mm -hmm. They're a virus. And we know it, but we, until it gets to a point, I think, where we could transfer, 100% knowably transfer our consciousness from a flesh and bone body into a some sort of an immortalized machine, I think humans are going to be too afraid to let anything with that kind of power and that kind of lack of mortality yeah. come to be and coexistence 
And I think in the the situation of humans versus androids, unless it gets to the point where androids are like, we just need to kill all humans, like screw them all. Yeah. At which point my need for survival kicks in and I'm like, no, I, I need to live. <laughs> I for to, to be really real, if like humans did horrible things to androids and they were like, fine, we're going to just kill you all. I'd be like, that's fair. We fucked up. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Or I'll be your slave. I don't mind. Just keep me alive, please. Yeah, there were... <laughs> There have been a couple of like different games and films and things where I'm like, no, you know, if I was on the side of this, I'd say, yeah, no, humanity deserves to die. We've had a good run, yeah. but we're not going to get any farther than this without letting the next stage in our evolutionary process take hold. Yeah. So I would androids all the way. Yeah. But um, I also feel like there needs to be a coexistence because what androids have in intelligence, they can't. It'll take time for us to be able to pass on the wisdom of a lifetime yeah. to an android. Yeah. I have two things. Uh, that I just wanted to talk about real quick. One of them I, I just thought of, and it's that in one of the trailers for the game, it's uh, you're like running around all three of them and there's just like stuff happening. And I believe it's Kara who's like, I didn't choose to kill this person. I didn't choose to do this. I didn't choose the revolution. I didn't do that. You did. And I was like, watching this trailer after I played the game, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I did do that. Every bad thing that happened was me. It wasn't them. It was me. Oh, fourth so wall it's break. Like the fact that the game fucking knows that it's like anybody who on their first playthrough was like, I'm going to destroy everything. I don't trust those people. No. <laughs> what do you want to see? Like I, I played peacefully and I got my perfect ending where everybody survived. I got a trophy for it, which is great. I, and now I'm very sad that now I have to go through all these other endings where my people will die and it, I have to do a violent revolution and this, that, the other thing. And I don't like it, but I really want to finish this game as many ways as I can. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. have to. And I'm going to apologize to my favorite characters ever it's because gonna be I didn't one of those, mean to. I feel like it's going to be like Undertale for me where I finish the best ending I can and go, I can't ruin this. <laughs> and then just stop playing. <laughs> See, I, as soon as I finished the first time, I was like, I can't put this game down. But I had to. I had to go to bed. It was five in the morning. <laughs> Thank God it was like, that was Sunday night and I had Monday and Tuesday off. So I yep. just, I spent most of Monday playing again. And then Tuesday I was like, I'm dead inside. But less dead inside because everybody survived at this time. Um, second thing is, I want to talk about Kamski. Okay. Okay. So I hadn't seen, the, there's an extras video. It's the last one on the list. Um, and I hadn't watched it until after I beat the game the first time. Or the See, I watched time? it before the game came out. I, I They released a whole series of short films right I before had, the game's launch. I had seen the Luther one because as soon as I watched it, I remember that I'd seen it. And I was like, oh, that's OK. That's why Luther looked familiar. But I hadn't seen the Chloe one or the Kamsky one or any of it. So watching the Kamsky one, it's an interview with him and like I don't know, a newspaper or something. And they're like. Here, he's like, here's why all my androids are great. And they're like, aren't these, th like, people are mad that these are taking jobs. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Because I actually want to touch on that when you're done with because your thought. Because nobody would go back in time when the steam engine was invented and not do that, even though that took away jobs. And it's like, well, you do have a point, but these are taking every job. Yes. So in a perfect world where, like, maybe humans can get by on doing their own thing like where androids can work in factories and make things like clothing and shoes and cars but humans can do what they want to do and make money 
on it, like crafting or hosting a podcast or something stupid that isn't Whoa. that isn't like <laughs> a capitalist idea, you know, like in a world where the, it all works out, that's great. But he doesn't seem concerned that it did take a lot of jobs from people who are just trying to he get by. And I wouldn't be either. No. Um, and then at the end, the interviewer is like, and are you 100% positive that these androids couldn't like get smarter than us and take over? And he was like, no, I don't believe that at all. And the camera zooms in and he's like, you can trust me. And I was like, oh, my God, no, you can't. <laughs> Holy shit. Because I in, think and he that, started this whole thing knowing that, the outcome. That interview took place like 10 years. It had to have taken place 10 years before the game. So I'm going to guess probably like 2025 when androids were still new because he left Cyberlife in 2028 or ish because the game says kind of vaguely that he left 10 years ago yep which he was forced out 10 years ago by the way drama oh yeah so he i'm guessing mid 2020s is when that interview was happening i think he knew all along what he was doing i think he knew all along that oh, all sure. of these androids could take over and he was just waiting and when they were like you leave get out you're ousted we're done with you he was like okay i'm gonna take my three chloe's and i'm gonna get in my weirdly red pool in my house and i'm gonna go <laughs> yep and I, I i can't help but say that i agree entirely with everything he did mm -hmm. and i'd like to touch on oh i i, I want to say i don't think he's a bad guy no i don't think he's not. an evil person and i don't think he's a bad guy i think people <laughs> try to are gonna try and make it out that way mm -hmm. for sure uh, people will take it that way so Okay, so when it comes to he, you know, really correlated this evolution taking people's jobs to the steam engine, yeah, and the industrial revolution when things stopped being handmade and you know guns were turned out on machinery so that parts were the same every time, yeah, and they now had interchangeable, upgradable parts. It took a lot of jobs, yeah. Uh, and recently, to bring this more, you know, to home, people have been complaining about every Walmart is starting to put in the self serve registers, yep, and they're like, oh, it's taking away jobs, and I'm like, okay, look. So first off, I'm not upset about that. Why? Because no one deserves to work at Walmart. That's no one true. should have to suffer that. I don't wish that upon anyone. And no. I don't I don't look at Walmart and go, oh, they're doing such a great thing by employing teenagers. No. They're no, not. Wait, we're not judging you for working at Walmart. We no. are pitying you for working at Walmart. Walmart I've talked to plenty sucks. of Walmart employees and they all know it. They, yeah. they hate it there. Yeah. Like, um, but thing number two, people are spending a lot of time doing things. And this is brought up too. I don't know if you listen to Proto Men. But in their retelling of the story of Mega Man. I have heard it before, um, actually. Shocking. If you read the lyrics sometime, they have like notes within the lyrics of like the actions that are actually be, would be taking place if this were a stage play. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you a lot more depth to the storyline. And what they talk about is how Dr. Light, it's like his father used to work in the coal mines until the day it took his life was one of the first lines. Like my father worked the mines till the day it took his life. And he, so he started building robots and machines that could do the work for them that wouldn't be at the loss of human life. Yep. There are people that do construction, that machines are starting to take over some of those jobs to save human life. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of jobs that, let's face it, no one wants to do. Yeah. No one wants to work fast food. No. no one wants to work as a cashier at Walmart. Like there's plenty of things we could automate because, let's face it, the human race, like I said, with our intelligence, we've exceeded our physical boundaries with our intelligence. Yeah. We're beyond this now. We should be beyond the point of having to work menial jobs to feel good about ourselves. Yeah. Like, just 
let all the humans be unemployed, find something creative to do, and push our race forward. Yeah. In a perfect world where, like, we all pay taxes and the androids make all of our money for us. And, like, everybody just kind of gets money paid to them every month or every year or whatever just for existing and being part of the economy in a perfect world. Then this would be great. And it would work really well. See, I think the problem there is but that's the, not the biggest happen. hurdle to the whole unemployment thing is the unemployment issue is only an issue because of the type of economy we live in. Yeah. You would have to find a way to shift the entire economy where it was no longer centralized around a currency, mm-hmm. but about your value that you're bringing to humanity kind of a thing. And maybe yeah. not on a monetary level, but like, you know, people obviously still need to be able to afford to eat, to sleep yep. and you know, afford shelter and all those other things. Yeah. But what if you were to take and make, like if androids are doing all of the farming and no one has to really put any work into it, it's just a thing that happens. Do we really need to be like, oh, well, people worked hard to do this. So we need to pay those people. So you need to buy the food. It's like a lot of it just kind of takes care of itself. If everyone, they're going to have to change the economy if that's the case. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that we could find a way to adapt it, find a way to make it work. Yeah. And actually be a viable future but i think there's too many people you know how they always say like oh the the cure for cancer could be hidden in the brain of someone who's busy working at the salvation army yeah because that's all they can do is volunteer they don't they can't even get a job because no one's hiring them they can't let alone pay for a college education yeah to you know unlock that and better humanity like there's so much potential in humanity that's being wasted because of poverty lines because of employment issues yeah and I feel like if you get to a point where enough people are, the majority of people are unemployed because our jobs have been taken by Android, except potentially the creative fields, which are really what's pushing a lot of our our entire race forward, as far as I'm concerned. You've seen a lot more people leaving an impact on the world that are in like films and media production, mm-hmm. people that are in art. Like We remember artists well after they're dead. There are people now that are starting to like, as, as sad as it is, there are people that are not educated enough to remember like famous authors. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad, but a lot of what we remember is like creative. Yeah. So, and and like, I think if you you give humanity the potential and say, do whatever you want to do, you're going to get a good chunk of them that are going to be like, I want to do nothing all day. I want to get, see how fat I can get sitting on my couch. Yeah. And other people are going to be like, Finally, I can do my dream and put all of my time and energy into yeah. creating the things I want to create to better the world. If I did not have to work to pay my bills, if I just had money, I wouldn't work. I would just write all day long. Yeah. I would just write and I would make all the podcasts I want to make because there's like 10 of them. That's all I would do. And I, not to toot my own horn, but there's some stuff that I've written that people actually like. One time I didn't post a thing that I was writing for like six months and somebody actually jokingly threatened my life because I hadn't come back in six months. It was really nice. (laughs) I feel like a lot of us, especially those that are getting into the creative fields, there are stories that, that you probably have in your backlog, in your head that you haven't written because you have neither the time or the funding or whatever it is. It's my Google docs, man. It's all filled with stuff. So, you know, that's all locked away in your head. And maybe to you, it's just like stories that you want to share with the world. But to someone else, that could save a life. Yeah. Like, there are people who were, like, their lives were affected and changed by, like, crazy things. Like, oh, I watched this movie and it completely changed my yeah. life. Or, like, even as something dumb, like, uh, like making friends because you guys write the same 
fan fiction. Yeah, and it like starts to connect Vic. humanity. Yeah. And if you start getting more people that are, they have the time to do things in the creative field, you start networking. The more people I meet that are in the media industry or that are creating things, whether, and I've done a lot of that now through our AV Underground podcast, but yeah. like meeting people that are also creatives and they're just, they have, they're so passionate about what they're doing. They're some of the best and most honest and true human connections that we can make. Yeah. You know, it's not like when you're when I was working the factory life and the only reason you bond with people is because you both hate the place. You both want out of there and this you bond through cynicism, which just doesn't really (laughs) it negatively affects your entire outlook on things. Yeah. And I can't like I'm still trying to get over that. I'm in a much better place now, but I still find myself like when people say they're they're typical, have fun and because you're heading to work and you're like, yeah, I'll try. And then I think about it 10 seconds after and I'm like, why would I have to try? My job's like not stressful or anything. It's just <laughs> I generally do have a pretty good time about like life in general. So yeah. I don't know. I try to not want to kill myself every but day and I'm doing pretty good. I just I hate the argument of it's taking people's jobs away. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys say this about everything. Like the steam it, engine came around. Uh, immigrants. Yeah. Androids, computers, robots, whatever the yeah. case is. You know what really fucking pisses me off is those protesters at the very beginning when you're playing as marcus if you walk through the crowd of protesters they like pick on you and they push you yeah and then a cop comes and saves you um you can't avoid that if you go around the long way see i was going around the long way and and they still caught you no they well yes but not because i was going around the long way and they stopped me i was like I wonder what these guys are up to. And I walked right into it. <laughs> you moron. I was stupid. <laughs> the second and time I was like, I wonder if I can go around. Oh, hey, fuck you guys. I, d- like- I did appreciate the cop, though, because he wasn't like stupid Android taking everyone's jobs. He's like, if you break it, I'm going to fine you. Yeah. And like very was- just cut and dry he, about it. Yeah. He was like, get out of here, kid. You're so he here. was being very he was very professional like, about the whole situation. All those kid, like, got kids, I say they're probably like between 25 and 35 is all of those protesters and they're like it took my job fuck you android you took my job and stop it's like, being... first of all are you going to wipe this old man's ass because his legs don't work and he can't do it are you going to feed him are you going to give him his medicine every hour on the hour are you going to do this are you going to do that no because you never went to nursing school if you want money <laughs> that you don't want to do it if you were not going to do that job then don't get mad at me for taking that job you weren't going to do it in the first place. Somebody has to. Might as well be somebody who doesn't have feelings yet. So he's not bothered by the fact that he's covered in somebody else's poop. Also, yeah. like, if you are like, oh, an android took my job. Wouldn't you be like, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make something. I'm See, going to do something else. That's part of the problem with the human race, exactly. though. Exactly. Is that a good chunk of, like I said, how some people, like half the population would, or more, hopefully, would be like, I'm going to pursue a passion that I've had. And the other half just go, I have no passion. All I wanted in life was money, hard work, and cynicism. Yeah. And that's all I wanted out of life. And they took that away from me. And now how do I define myself without the jo- the grueling, backbreaking job that I was working? Yeah. Because people don't spend the time to get much deeper than that. Yeah. Then things start getting too real and you start realizing your own mortality and it just delves into a whole realm no one wants to touch. The answer is start a garden in your own yard. Do something. Start a hobby. Like, I try and avoid (laughs) defining myself by any job that I do. Yeah. It was one of those things they actually talked about with um, Silicon Valley entrepreneurs is that they get into depression a lot more than anyone else because for most people, if you have a day job, like you work at a factory or whatever it is, 
you don't necessarily attach your self-worth to your job. Yeah. So you can go home and have a hobby and have a life and enjoy yourself and be happy with, you know, your existence. Yeah. When you're in Silicon Valley trying to start a company, your self-worth is directly tied into the company business you're starting. Because that is your life. Because that is your I life. Had that and problem. when that starts to not do well, you yeah. feel like it reflects directly on your worth. I had that problem with my last two jobs because they were both very hour heavy and they were both very emotionally heavy. And I put all of myself into my jobs both times i put all of my yep. hours all of my free time and with the first job our commute was 45 minutes each way so here's an eight and a half hour day plus 45 plus 45 plus a lot of the time we were on 10 hour days because of overtime so it's like i'm already at 70 hours a week i have no free time this is my life i am my job with the second job yeah. it was it was already like i started out and then really quickly it was a factory so it was already 60 hours a week, 63 hours a week, almost 70 hours a week. And it's like, I am my job because I don't have time to do anything else but sleep. And now that I only work part time at my paying job, I, at, at the end of the day, I leave work at work. Yep. And I come it's home. It's surprising how easy it becomes. Yeah. Eventually. It, yeah. Like I, I'll get in the car and maybe I'll bitch about my day a little bit to Jeff and if somebody's really like irritating me, I'll just like be upset about it for a couple hours because people do scream at me on the phone sometimes like they get mad and whatever. Oh, yeah. And you deal with it. They're gone. Like as soon as you hang up the phone, that person is dead to me. But like at the end of the day, ultimately, I leave work at work and I leave home at home where at my last two jobs, it work and home were the same thing. I lived at work. I lived at home. I, I lived at work. I slept at home. That was it. I didn't pretty eat. much. I, I didn't eat. Anything but like McDonald's chicken wraps for like six months. Ugh. I was re the thinnest I've ever been because I just was not eating enough food because there wasn't time. I would get home from work at 2.30 in the morning, eat a chicken wrap, pass out, wake up at noon, go back to work. It was Ugh. crazy. Awful. Yeah, like, Annabelle and I, we had met in the same factory. Yeah. We were working the same place. And we so because we were dating, working in the same place and seeing each other after work, I was like, there's too much crossover going here. We need yeah. to leave. We need, I need to get out. Yeah. So I ended up leaving and it's, you know, I think it's a lot of people want to feel like they belong to something. Yeah. And when you get into something like a factory, you're kind of in a, like a brotherhood kind of deal it, or a sisterhood. It, it, I don't it care. very much becomes a family because you're all in it together all the time. Right. And it's like a bucket of crabs. I don't know if you're familiar with the bucket of crabs analogy. I'm not at Okay, all. so if you've ever <laughs> get a big old bucket of crabs and you put the crabs in the bucket and they're just sitting there like on deck or whatever, yeah. you think, oh my God, they're all going to escape because there's no top. No, <laughs> the thing is, if one crab tries to crawl out of the bucket, all the other crabs go, nope, and they pull them back in. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, no, nope, we're in this together. <laughs> Screw you. We're all going down. And that's exactly what the factory life was. Because anytime really I talked is. about leaving, people were like, you can't leave. Don't leave. There's no that's... sense in chasing yourself. Don't try and yeah. find your dreams. I got that a lot at the factory. It, it is a, like a chronic problem with factory life, too. Uh, the night that I quit, um, my our boss, actually not even our boss, the first shift boss had screamed at us to fix first shift's problems for the fourth time in a row. And I Ugh. said, hey. I won't say his name. Hey, um, why is it our problem? They never fix our problems. They never fix their own problems. Why am I here till four in the morning every single night when I have to be back here at 1230 fixing somebody else's problems that they should be fixing? Because when they get off work, it's the middle of the day. And he said, you are my employee. 
yeah. you do what I tell you. And I said, no, you very don't. <laughs> Time and, and like I had, I actually yelled at him. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I yelled at him and everybody backed me up because we were all fucking sick of it. And a lot of people were like, I will leave right now. And he was like, nobody's leaving. So we were like, fine. We started like and then everyone leaves. throwing things. Uh, and he was like, fine, you guys can leave. Just go. And I, I got in the car because my friend was giving me a ride home. And I was like, I'm not going back. But the at end. the same time, like people want that's the main thing. People want to feel like they belong to something. Yeah. And that's something it's kind of like when kids, when children want attention and they don't care if it's good attention or bad attention, they'll yeah. break things to get your attention. Especially like abused and neglected kids. Oh, yeah. They don't care. And it's the same way with like adults. They want to be part of something, whether it's good or bad, doesn't really matter whether mm-hmm. it's the right thing or not. Doesn't that's, matter as long as they're in a group doing something together. That's why anybody ever ends up in a gang because they've never yeah. felt like they belonged anywhere. And, and then these you do people accept them. Yeah. Ugh. And I think that that's, you know, once people start getting out of that mentality of like trying to show that that's another thing too. people talk about their jobs a lot because Mm -hmm. it's this is me showing you that I provide value to, you know, our existence to the world. Yeah, this is what I do that brings value to the world. And it's harder to do when you need to figure out what that is on your own. Yeah. And they're like, okay, here, you figure it out. You figure out what you're providing the world with. And you're like, what do I have to offer? Who yeah. am I without my without my job? Yeah. Like, I, I like my job right now. I, I do something that is good. But if I didn't work there, somebody else would. Yeah. You know, and bringing it it's... back around. I did uh, when I was working at Dunks and goofing off with uh, Smurry and Jeff oh, and whatnot. Those were and the I days. had done. I did the Dunkin Donuts automated menu to tie this back into the whole Android's taking jobs thing. And oh, my God, like <laughs> how you were saying how your boss was like, oh, you're my employee. You'll do what I say. That yeah. kind of thing that like feeling of ownership yeah. over another living thing i as soon as i i go on and i'm like thank you for choosing the dunkin donuts automated menu please make your selection now and you wait and the way people talk to something that they think is an automated machine <laughs> is so different from the way they talk to another human being it's they yes. yell it's like if you ever seen like the old racial stereotypes of like a white man yelling slowly at someone that doesn't speak english oh my god and you're like why that. is this pain speaking slower doesn't help he doesn't speak english yeah that's like, where the, the connection speaking, is lost speaking clearly to someone who speaks not clear english is helpful speaking loudly and slowly isn't at someone who does not speak Eng- any english is not helping anybody yeah but <laughs> so that's that's kind of tying back in with the whole android thing yeah. i really think people need to in in kind of the way that like a forest fire helps the forest regrow, we kind of need the forest fire of humanity. That's just like we're going to have to go through a lot of crap, but we're going to end up better on the other end because of it. Yeah. And, you know, I was just saying this to Jeff earlier. I. There's a lot of our friend group who just doesn't stand up for themselves. And I've always been a person who stood up for myself in every single job. Very much the mother at, of the group. At school, I will stand up for anybody else. Jeff actually like yelled at me the other day because I got in a fight that wasn't my fight. And he was like, <laughs> that's not your fight. You can't fight uh, other people's battles for them. And I was like, yes, I can. Let me at him. Watch me. <laughs> um, so I've always been a person because my mom raised me. Stand up for yourself. If you end up in jail, I'll come pick you up. I don't care. So yeah, it's like break free from your programming because nobody like unless i'm physically there i can't stand up for you <laughs> i can't fight we're just your gonna end it on you. that break your programming end of podcast done. break your programming that's what punch, we're leaving you with punch through that wall yeah did you have any other points on detroit though that you wanted to bring up before we close things out uh i don't 
think so. I, I really, think I pretty much covered it. A lot of yeah. it for me was just delving into the philosophical, what's going to happen and why humans feel the way that they do. My analysis of things, really. Yeah. And I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not like, no. I don't delve into the human mind no, and how it but functions. It's, it's easy to be a human and go, I think this is how humans do things because and because yeah. of these reasons. I am. I did. I bought the game today. Um, it's the most I've ever spent on a video game. Well, no, that's not true. I've bought Fallout 4 like three times now. <laughs> you bought Skyrim like and, and five Sk times. Now. Yeah, and Skyrim. Um, so I bought Detroit today and I started playing it. I only stopped because we had to come down and podcast. But I decided to, to the best of my ability, try to 100% every chapter. Like do every little side thing. Do oh, every geez. option. Like do things that I haven't done before. Because last time... I was trying to get the perfect ending and I got that. I can be satisfied with that, but I I just want to see what happens. Like I had no idea that you, the Connors could switch. And there was a weird video I watched earlier where it's a right after the Jericho attack where Kara doesn't even go to the bus. She meets up with Rose and you ride to Canada on a boat. And I was like, how do you get the boat ending? What the <laughs> fuck? How do you even end up there? I ended up getting Kara's perfect ending twice by accident. I don't understand what's happening. So it's like, there's so many, so many ways. It's so different from any other like choice-based game that's come out in the last five years. It's so different. Everything is completely different from any game I've ever played. I think it was really, really well handled. Yeah. Eight uh -huh. out of ten. <laughs> I'd, I'd give it a 4.5 out of five as far as I'm concerned. I do have an out of five scale because let's be honest, if you do an out of ten scale, it's really a seven to ten scale. No one goes below a seven, really, unless the game is absolute garbage. Unless the game is Skyrim. <laughs> oh, geez. And then it's a zero out of ten. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into our spoiler cast for Detroit Become Human. I hope you enjoyed all of our deep and thoughtful conversations about humanity and yeah. our future. It was a little cathartic. It, it delved a lot off of the game, but I think that's a lot of the conversation they're trying to spark with it. It is. So, but thank you guys for tuning in. When other games come out that we feel like a spoiler cast would be great for, uh, I, yeah. I definitely think we want to hop into that. If there are games I that you just want to hear us delve into yeah. like this, leave them in the comments. We'll, there, we'll get into there's it. There's a lot of games out there that we could do a spoiler cast for that aren't new. Yeah. It's just the people it's haven't just, played them. You know, if you haven't played it, we're going to get into yeah. the major plot points. But so. I would like to make this a habit for every game that we're super into that we don't want to spoil automatically. Yeah, just do a separate spoiler yeah. episode. I'm very into it. So... Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you back again in a week with the next This Week in Gaming. A regular one. Yeah, the regular episodes. Um, and, geez, I'm until dead. then, just... I'm dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> I'm emotionally drained. <laughs> I guess uh, hang in there and look forward to the future. <laughs> we'll see you next week.